Hello, fellow brethren, and welcome to the podcast of Kadesh Family, Church of Tampa Bay, Florida. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message by Pastor Patrick Aqua, a beloved son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith, and allow the Word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening. Amen. Oh, a louder clap offering. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for a time like this. We are grateful for the privilege we have to be here, to be called your children, to be gathered into your house, Lord. Place a shelter for us. We pray that, Lord, your word will come forth smoothly, prophetically, Lord. You speak to our hearts, our spirits. May each one of us receive a word for our situation. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you bless us. We will not live here the same. May you cleanse us from unrighteousness. Forgive us of our iniquities. Forgive us of our sins, our feelings, Lord. And may we be counted worthy to stand before you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. David is success. Hallelujah. And we've been, we'll remember some of the points we talked about past three weeks. Each one of us will start from Dai Wo. Dai Wo, give me one point. Don't say mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> the principle of what? Fellowship. Being part of a fellowship. Okay, Reverend Steve, back to you. Reverend Steve, point two. Uh-huh. Non-isolation. Okay, wonderful. Okay, what is Auntie Naomi? Principle number three. Uh huh. What are some of the principles? Uh huh. David uh, had the ability to handle success. David hey. had the ability. Wow. I think she up from Mr. Sissy. <laughs> Mr. Sissy, give me one more point. Uh huh. Ability to handle success. What else? Mr. Sissy, what else? Uh huh. The power of uh, others, others, uh-huh. the others. David thought about others. Hallelujah, Richard. How about you? Uh-huh. Wow, ability to adapt and change to the situation around him. Okay, Yola. How about you? <laughs> he didn't allow promotions to get into his head indirectly. He had the ability to handle success. That's a good one. Okay, Emmanuel, since you got married fresh, you should have more points. Uh-huh. Emmanuel, uh-huh. He had good allies, good friends around him. Good. Brenda, how about you? He listened to <laughs> Oh, man. He listened to <laughs> Advice. All right, we're gonna skip Lawrence because people have given. All right, Isabella, how about you? Uh, he could handle success that was brought to him. Wonderful. Okay, Aikidela, how about you? Don't worry. He sought counsel. He sought advice. That same thing. Okay, Lizzie. He was very zealous. He was a man of passion. Chris Bell and your team at the back. Back back to back to back. Save the group. Uh-huh. You have the notes? Okay, then go through it. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, no one has mentioned that. Okay. Next one. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody... Israel for himself, God for us all. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. Diana. Put your hands together for the technical team. I think they cheated. They cheated. They had the notes, you know. It's like they have the inside scoop. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, we are continuing this morning. Amen. And we're saying that David is a man that we should copy and learn things from. Hallelujah. Because, um, you know, there are many people in this world that you can learn a lot of things from. Hallelujah. 
But, you know, even bad people like Hitler, you can learn a lot of things uh, from them. But we are Christians, and God has given us people to learn from. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that these things were written for our examples. Do you understand? That through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hallelujah. So the lives of people are written for us to have hope. And God does not spare anybody's life. You know, and he doesn't spare whether he doesn't audit and say that we're going to just say the good things about you and leave the bad things. For Abraham, he said the good things about Abraham and the bad things about Abraham. The shortcomings, the David too. For us to realize that these people were human beings. That's why Paul said that Elijah was a man with like passions. Hallelujah. Elijah was a man with the same passions that you also have. Jesus Christ was also a man. And he had the same passions. Bible says he was tempted in all ways. It means that whatever temptation that you are facing, Jesus has faced it before. Hey! Wow! Whatever temptation. Uh, so Jesus Christ faced the same temptation that you face. That's why he became, Bible says that he's called a merciful high priest. Do you understand? So a high priest who hasn't faced your temptation cannot be merciful. Why are you lasting? Well, he, doesn't, he hasn't been a human being before. Do, 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 do you understand? Huh? He doesn't know. <laughs> do, do you understand? Oh, don't do it. Pray about it. Just, you know, bath cold water. He, he, he doesn't know what it feels like. Do you know, that's why they say that good players don't make good coaches. Very success. All the good players I've seen don't make good coaches. Because to them, they don't know what it feels like not to be good. <laughs> Uh -huh. Why don't you get it? It's like very smart, smart, smart kids don't become good teachers. Because when you give the equation, they'll just do this and then they come with the answer. Uh -huh. Chris Bell, right? Uh -huh. And they don't understand. But they, 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 they get frustrated. But they don't know that what they have is a gift. And gifts sometimes can't be explained. But the hustlers can teach you better. Hey. <laughs> Do you understand? That two plus two. Oh, take this, take this, take this, take this. So you realize that uh, people who have that's what I'm saying, people who haven't been tested or you know, are gifted can make good teachers. You know, so David is a good coach because he's been there before. He knows what it feels like to be on your rooftop and see what you don't have to see. Wow. He knows what it feels like to be a nobody and to become a somebody. He knows what it feels like to be chased by your father. You know, he knows what it feels like to be among bears and wolves and lions. Do you understand? That is why he's a good example of somebody that we can. There are some people you don't even know where they come from. Some, some of the prophets, they all of a sudden they come prophesying. Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Elijah the Tishbite, Elisha, all of a sudden you just come prophesying. That's why they couldn't write, they didn't write books, we can't learn much from them. You know, of course, maybe God didn't allow them to do such a thing. Do you understand? But you could see that the people who have weaknesses are the people we can really relate with. Hallelujah. Yeah. So David is a prime example and we thank God that God dedicated pages to his life. You see, you can tell what God wants you to study by how much is written about the person. Do you understand? So you could see that for David, God took time to expose his life for us to learn from. Hallelujah. Amen. And the next thing we learn about David is that he didn't allow rebels into his life. He didn't allow rebels into his life. Hallelujah. Now, 2 Samuel 1, verse 1 to 10, it says that, After the death of Saul, David returned from victory over the Amalekites 
and spent two days in Ziklag. Hallelujah. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's army. I want you to follow the story very well, otherwise you, you get lost, okay? Saul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put death on his head. You see, he had torn his clothes. He had torn his clothes, okay? And he put death on his head. So the deception had started. Okay? To show that he was in, he was what? In mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect. Where have you come from? David asked. I escaped from the Amalekite camp. The man replied, what happened? David demanded, tell me how the battle went. The man replied, our entire army fled from battle. Many of the men are dead. And Saul and his son Jonathan are also what? Dead. How do you know Saul and Jonathan are dead? David demanded of the young man. Okay. And the young man that told him said, as I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and the horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind me, him, he saw me and called unto me, and I answered, and here am I. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I said, and I answered, I am an Amalekite. Hallelujah. And then he responded, who are you? I am an Amalekite. I told him. Then he begged me, come over here and put me out of my misery. For I am in terrible pain and want to die. So I killed him. I killed him. The Amalekite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took, if he couldn't live, why do you kill him? Do, do, do you get it? Then I took his crown and his armband and have brought them here to you, my Lord. Look at 2 Samuel 4, 9 to 11. But David said to Rechab and Banna, the Lord who saves me from all my enemies is my witness. Someone once told me Saul is dead, thinking he was bringing me good news. But I seized him and killed him at Ziklag. That is the reward I gave him for his news. How much more should I reward evil men who have killed an innocent man in his own house, on his own bed? Shouldn't I hold you responsible for his blood and rid the earth of you? Hallelujah. Do you know the story? Do you have, I follow the story? So Saul, who was David's enemy, okay, uh, had fallen in battle and was on the verge of dying. And this young man thought that, oh, if I can kill him, whether he killed him or not, we don't know the story. But he pretended that he killed him and took his crown and his armband and brought it to David to show to David that he was loyal and faithful. Okay. And if someone does such a thing, you and I will embrace such a man. True or not true? Yeah. If someone comes and says that, your landlord who has been bothering you, he has killed the landlord and now no rent for the next 50 years. <laughs> you, do, you, do you get it? Yeah, you, you will be a somewhat happy. <laughs> Hope not, but... And David said, no, this is not acceptable. You are a rebel. And I won't accept such a character in my army. I mean, if I was David, I probably would have accepted such a person. Because David knew that the man has developed a taste for killing kings. And I can be next. The man has developed a taste for killing kings. Anointed people. And I can be next. So he said, no. I won't accept such a rebel in my camp. And he eliminated him. At one time. The lesson we should get from this is that don't accept rebels in your life. Because rebels come with curses. And you don't want such a curse associated with you. Do you understand? You see, you have to be careful 
of a man who badmouthed his wife. To you. I have seen many cases where women have opened their hearts to a man who is not happy in his marriage. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? That is what danger. <laughs> oh, he doesn't cook. She doesn't cook for me. Have they eaten in three days? When I get home, the type of face that faces me. I haven't seen a smile in 10 years. You are the only smile I've seen in my whole life. There is nobody like you. Do you get it? There's nobody like you. Um, I remember one day, a certain lady in our church fell. So I was asking what happened. Because he was married, she was also married. And you would have thought that married people are immune to falling. But rather, they are more prone to falling. To married people. So I so asked, how did this whole mess that you got yourself into happen? He says that he began to, con I said, he began to find comfort in me about his marriage that was not working you are not a comforter when did the holy spirit call you and comfort do you understand and i said oh very very sad situation he said that he we began to have lunch together at work and he would just pour down his heart to me and compassion met compassion and there was passion. Wow. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. And you might think that, oh, I'm just listening. But someone who has signed a covenant with God is breaking the covenant. You shouldn't trust such a person. You shouldn't trust such a person. And sometimes people fall for it. Oh, she doesn't treat him well. She's so mean to him. She doesn't deserve such a good man. The way he's very miserable. I'm the only one who can comfort him. You know, you, you don't know that you are being very naive. Very, very naive. Hallelujah. So David said, I won't accept such a person. Amen. Don't accept rebels in your life. Oh. The person who bowed mouth his pastor will bow mouth the new pastor. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. A person who bowed mouth his old church or her old church would bow mouth the new church. It's just a matter of time. Because it's a character issue. When I see children bad mouthing their parents, I always tell my wife, that look, never take the side of a child against a parent. Never. Because, you see, a child can make a parent feel like this is the worst parent I can ever have in my life. But you, meanwhile, you don't brush your teeth in the morning. You don't do your homework. You're taking bones under your bed. You, see, you don't iron your clothes. You don't, so, and when the parent is trying to correct such a thing, you, you fight it and make the parent feel like he's not a good parent. You are getting FFFs. And you don't know why you are not being allowed to play Nintendo. And your friend is playing Nintendo, but he's getting A, 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 A. You see, but it makes your parents, this is a bad parent. This is a bad parent. And I was telling my wife, never. I said, never. You see, one day, a, a certain child was, was finding comfort in my wife. And I said, don't take her side until you hear the other side. Don't take her side. Because I'm a parent. I also, and I said, when we heard the side of the parent, mm. you can understand why the parents are the way they are. Yeah. This child wouldn't look for a job. Wouldn't for work. Drinking. That's, that's bad behaviors. Just going from here to here to here to here to here to here to here 
today with this boy, today with this boy, today with this. And then when the child begins to comfort, find comfort in my wife, and then my parents are this, they are too hard, they don't listen, they don't do this thing. I said, look at you see, I said, you listen to the parents and you, you hear what is going on. And this, then that she's complaining. My parents love this one does not love me. And I say, you see, a parent is not God who is like has love which is limitless. You know, it's like evenly, evenly distributed. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you see, I've been giving money. Thank you. You know, it's like, oh, you love this. You realize that the ones that the parents naturally gravitate to are the ones who obey him. You know, go to church, they go. Join the ministry, they go. Do something in church, they go. But you have chosen not to do any of these things. And you think your parent is John 3.16? Your, your father is not John 3.16. Neither is your mother John 3.16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. No, no, I'm not like that. Naturally, naturally unconditional naturally you gravitate towards people who do what you do yeah and sometimes we see parent children bad mouthing their parents my father is like this my father is like this does not listen to me does not do this to me but you see when we also hear your father's side and your mother's side we also see that you the child you are guilty equally guilty and the type of child you are has also generated the type of parent you have. Oh, I'm preaching. <laughs> Do you understand? The type of child you are has also generated a type of a parent for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So in your life, don't take the sides of rebels. A rebel comes. Oh, my old pastor. Hmm. He doesn't lay hands on me. You know, he doesn't visit me. He doesn't call me. In this church, even every Sunday we go hungry. And the services are long. That's why I've come here. Because I know that here I can find solace and comfort. Even the way your pastor even smiles and the way his wife walks. I can see that, oh, this is such a lovely place to be. Meanwhile, you are saying that pastor does not call you. Every month, you change your phone number. You change your phone number every month. <laughs> do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. Your phone number changes every month. You don't share it. Every month, we see your WhatsApp update. This person has changed your phone number. And when we call, go straight to voicemail. It's like you put the whole church's phone number on do not disturb. Yeah, everybody in the church's phone number is on do not disturb. But your friends call you. Do you understand? And then when you lost a loved one and the church couldn't reach you, you took an offense to it. Not knowing that you are the cause of your things. Do you understand? And then that causes you to go seek solace somewhere else thinking that that place is perfect. Only to realize with a matter of time that the same imperfections that were here are also there. Because the same human beings on this planet. The same problems. This pastor's weakness might be another pastor's strength. And this pastor's strength might be another pastor's weakness. This one does not visit you. But this one also visits you. Okay, fine. But when he preaches, you don't also understand the preaching. <laughs> choose your choice. <laughs> choose your choice or choose your poison <laughs> it's a matter of choosing poisons it's not a matter of finding a perfect place finding a spouse is like choosing your poisons every spouse comes with a poison it's a matter of which poison you are choosing <laughs> do, 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 do you understand yeah it's a poison you are choosing yeah every spouse comes with a poison look 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 look, look. Every person has a right leg. You see? And when you marry them, they bring their left leg. So they could balance themselves. So you have to learn how to handle the right leg and the left leg. And they need a left leg because without the left leg, they can't balance. They, they need balancing. So, 
Yeah, when you were caught and you were seeing the right leg and you were excited with the right leg. <laughs> Do you know? And then after they crossed the rivers, ah, let me bring the left leg. <laughs> so I can't, thank you. Let me leave the left I can balance myself well. <laughs> People need balancing. <laughs> and the left legs that we don't like are for balancing. The left legs are for balancing. <laughs> When you take that thing away, you take the person's stability away. Do you understand? Yeah. You say, you might marry a spouse who likes talking. Talk, 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 talk. Okay, good. They like talking, but you don't know that that thing is also what keeps them happy. Do you, so when you take that thing away, you create a zombie in the house. You create something you may not like. Do you understand? You maybe you'll have a husband who like every day is on the keyboard, every day is playing something, or they buying some instrument. You don't know that that thing they, they you buying, buying, buying. It's also what stops them from buying drugs. Do, do you understand? So just just coach them a little. You let them manage their buying things. You see, but you don't take it away. You don't take it away. You see, for a wife, some of the wives, they, 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 the fact that they even go to a mall and just just look around. Look, look around you know sometimes they buy things they don't need to bring it home and take it back you see, when, when you stop that thing when you stop that thing you are killing the person just help them manage it just just manage manage the things and encourage them to return it <laughs> hallelujah yeah, encourage them to return it otherwise you create something that you don't like oh i'm preaching do, 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 do you get it yeah people need balancing keep that in mind people need balance and the left leg is also needed to balance because without it you can't walk i was saying don't accept rebels in your lives do, do you understand don't accept people who rebel against authority people who rebel against their parents people who rebel against their churches People rebel against their pastors because if they rebel against one, they rebel against you. You see, there was a guy called uh, Rudolf Hess. He was Hitler's minister of, he was in charge of the Air Force, the whole of Air Force for Germany during the Second World War. Oh, are you listening? Lizzie, are you with me? Okay. And he took a plane from Germany and flew away from Germany during the war to England. And landed in a farm, and the farmer called the British police, and they arrested him. He was the next; he was the third in command to uh, Hitler. So, if Hitler had died, there was another guy called I forgot, some big fat guy, and then he was like the next one. So, this is a high-powered. It's like the. Is that like the person in Russia flies to Ukraine, you know, and then the British Prime Minister called Winston Churchill. Did not accept him. Oh, wow, you've rebelled. Come and give us information. I've defected. He rather imprisoned him. And at the, when they tried all the German generals, they tried him and also killed him. Wisdom would have, natural wisdom would have said, oh, accept such a person. Give us info. Intel. Classified information. But he said, I won't accept such a person. Because such a person who's also bringing information from the other camp would also be taking some of yours. Because he's playing sides to know who is, you know, I mean, where he can find comfort. Do you, do you understand? And David said, look, I'm not accepting you in my camp. I cannot live with you in this camp. You have developed a, an appetite for killing kings. And I don't think I can accept such a person in my ministry, in my army. And then he got rid of them. Sabella, yeah. so, well, do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So one of, even the, one of the criteria for dating is how is the person's relationship with his parents? That's one more point, you know. Yeah. Is he a rebel? Does he speak evil of his father? Does he speak evil of his mother? All these things are clues. They are clues to watch out for. Does he beat his sisters? Yeah, they are all clues. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, they are all clues to look out for. 
you get no accept rebels. Don't don't whatever a rebel, whether it's such a company and a rebel uh, worker comes, the person who quit without uh, well, recently one of the, the homeowners association president of my just quit because someone wrote something against him on the social media platform that he doesn't like. He just quit without <laughs> without any notice. I said, ah, we are friends with you. If anything, just tell us that, oh, because of such and such, give me two weeks, I won't be just quit like that. Such a person cannot be a good employee. Yeah. Cannot be. Cannot be. No. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, so let's learn this lesson Amen. for our lives. Don't accept rebels. rebels. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't accept what? Rebels. Number two, the principle of having a pastor. Having a pastor. That's, you see, when David wanted to build God a temple, the Bible says that when he was settled, he wanted to build a temple. Okay. And he went to the prophet Nathan. And Nathan said, oh, go and do what is in your heart. I mean, building God a house is a noble thing, isn't it? Yeah, who would say no? Right? And then he told the prophet, Nathan, because Nathan was his pastor. And Nathan said that, go ahead. And that same night, a vision came to Nathan, the prophet. said, go and tell David that he shouldn't build a house. His son will build a house for me. His hands are bloody. This is not the right time. But since I took Israel out of the desert, have I told them to build me a house? I don't need a house at this time, but I will establish your house forever. Amen. Wow. You, do, do you get it? You see, the, the, the secret I see in that is that, you see, David had Nathan who could speak into his life. Amen. There is a difference between having a preacher and having a pastor. Yeah. Having a pastor is someone who speaks into has an input, also has an opinion about what you are trying to do. And he said, don't ever think that you don't need a pastor's opinion just because what you are doing is good. Because David's act was a good act. But he would have wasted money and resources, do you understand? And not have built the house, or probably would have built the house, but God wouldn't have been impressed with it. Because God hasn't mandated him to build it. So even though he, wasn't, he didn't build it, it was good as he had built it. And he had the opportunity to rather save the money and transfer it over to Solomon. It was a good act, but God also had an opinion that this is not the right time, number one. You are not the person to build it, number two. And you don't even have to build it anyway. I've already blessed you, number three. Just because he had Nathan to speak into his life. Amen. Do you understand? And it's, it's interesting because, you see, Nathan, first of all, had an, a Nathan's opinion. He said, whatever you want to do, it's a powerful thing. And the Lord came at night and spoke to Nathan. But he didn't speak to David directly. Because the channel that you choose to respect, God will speak through that channel to you. Do, you. do you get it? And he, 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 Nathan came and said, don't do this. And this same Nathan was the one who rebuked David for taking Bathsheba from Uriah. Do you get it? A prophet or a pastor to even tell you that you are wrong. Blast you a little. You are wrong. You are wrong. David, you are wrong. You might be the king, yes. But you are wrong. You don't take someone's wife. You don't take even someone's cow. You don't take it. How much more? His wife. And then not only that, but you kill him on top of it. You need someone to tell you that, look, this woman belongs to somebody. <laughs> yeah. You need somebody. You need input. And you can, see, you can see people, even leaders and presidents who are on the verge of destruction, when they don't have people to advise them. Yeah. The currencies. <laughs> people who don't have 
uh, people to speak into their lives. Do, do you understand? They don't have anybody. They don't have any voice of dissent. Someone to say that um, you shouldn't do this thing. Yeah, there's a king. I think it was Jehoshaphat and uh, is it Ahab. They were, Ahab was going to war one day. And then all the prophets, about 400, a lot, 400, said, Oh, king, go. The Lord will give the enemy to you. I mean, I mean this battle. You, you could see that these people couldn't speak into his life. They were just going with their masses. Yes, men. Yes, prophets. Saying what you want to hear. You know, yeah, saying what you want to hear. And then Jehoshaphat said, Ah, isn't there another prophet whom we should be? At least one person should, you know. Uh, so, in, uh, so King Ahab summoned his prophets, about 400 of them. Should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead? They all replied. Everybody said, They all replied. <laughs> go right ahead. The Lord will give you a glorious victory. He said, Not even victory. What? A glorious victory. Glorious. I mean, there are some victories that are not glorious. Like 1 0, 2 1. But 7 0. I mean, that's a <laughs> glorious victory. Next one. But Jehoshaphat asked, isn't there a prophet of the Lord around too? Thank you. We need a prophet of the Lord. Not a prophet of Ahab, but a prophet what? Of the Lord. Okay. Then King Ahab replied, there's one prophet of the Lord, but I hate him. <laughs> Look, he never prophesies anything but bad news for me. Brenda, can you believe such a thing? <laughs> Diana, can you believe such a thing? You see, he never prophesies anything but bad news. For me, his name is Micaiah, son of Imla. You, see, you need Micaiah in your life. You shouldn't talk like that, Jehoshaphat. Let's hear what he has to say. So let's keep going. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, go and get Micaiah for me. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there. All of them were prophesying. I mean, you can imagine 400 prophets. Go Ahab, go Ahab, go Ahab, go Ahab, go Ahab. They were prophesying that you have to go for this battle. For there is what? A glorious victory. And then one of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenah, made some iron horns. I mean, it wasn't a small prophetic meeting. I mean, can you imagine we've come for a church meeting, people came with iron horns <laughs> and prophesied. This is what the Lord says. With these horns, you will gall the Arameans to death. All the prophets agreed. Yes, they said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and be victorious. For the Lord, you see, they were even using the Lord's name, will give you victory. Meanwhile, the messengers who went to get my car said to him, Look, all the prophets are prophesying, promising victory for them. So be sure that you agree with them and promise success. Okay. <laughs> Relax. Okay. Please, we don't want any controversies. Everybody is saying that. Christmas will be a billionaire. So please, everybody prophesy that it will be well. Okay, all right, next one. As surely as the Lord lives, I will only say what the Lord tells me to say. When, Gile, when Micah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or not? Micah said, go ahead. You see, you see, there is a certain go ahead and there's a certain go ahead. No, so Michael, go ahead. I mean, if someone tells you, go ahead. If your husband or wife tells, okay, go ahead. I mean, you should pause. This is not a real go ahead. You, you, you see, this is not a real. You could see that the man was not really speaking his heart. Do you get it? The Lord will give the king a glorious victory. Next one. 
But the king replied, how many times must I demand that you speak only the truth? But when the man speaks the truth, you don't like it. You don't like it. You, 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 you get it? You don't speak. Uh -huh. So my car told in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered like the sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you? The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, he does it every time. <laughs> he never prophesies anything but bad news for me. Then Micah continued, listen to what the Lord said. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. He said, uh -huh, this is, the plot is getting thicker. Are you with me? With all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. Okay. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so that he can be killed there? So you see that. Not, you see, the, the confirmation of 400 prophets does not mean it's true. Yeah. Because a spirit of deception had entered them. Do you get it? So the, the, a spirit, you see, and finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. I can entice him. Do you understand? I can do it. How will you do it? The Lord said, and the spirit replied, I will go and inspire all Ahab's prophets to speak lies. Do you get it? You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of your prophets. For the Lord has determined disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenah, walked up to Micah and slapped him across the face. When did the Lord speak? Have, when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. And Micah replied, you will find out soon when you have you find yourself hiding in some secret closet. King Ahab of Israel then ordered, arrest my car and take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. Okay? Now, thank you. Uh-huh. But my car, if you return safely, the Lord hasn't spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, take note of what I have said. What a drama. What a drama. Isn't the Bible interesting? Do you, do you get it? So you, you see that this is a man who didn't like anyone to speak into his life. He wanted people to speak for him. And when someone spoke into his life, he rebelled against it because he didn't like it. And that is where the danger lies in our lives. When people can't speak into us, but even if they have to speak, because of how we're going to react, they have to say what we want to hear. Sometimes we decide on what we want to do. And we rather go seek confirmation from people. I have decided to buy this car. What do you think? I have decided. So you, I have decided. Meanwhile, you've already decided. I have decided to live in such a place. I have decided to go to this college. What do you think? I have, this, I have already decided. If you have decided, what do you need my opinion for? Do you understand? Many a times we make our decisions and rather go seek confirmation from people. Rather, why don't you seek input first before you make a decision? Hallelujah. Do you understand? That is where the victory lies. Other than that, people will always tell you what you want to hear. And as a story, I always tell you guys, when I got out of school, I wanted to buy a Mercedes BMW, 750ii, turbo engine, whatever. I mean, uh, double injection, big, and we had 100,000 miles on it, and it looked new. So I told Apostle Joel, I said, Apostle, I, if it's, I've, I had already decided as I want to buy this car. And it's new. Oh, it has only 100,000 miles on it. See, I was rather giving pointers to let him say yes. It's a good deal. It was only, I thought it was $10,000. And he said, this car is premature. 
Just that statement alone threw me off. It's what? Premature. This is not the time. And secondly, he said that a car of that stature, that is when it begins to have a lot of maintenance issues. And you will not be able to afford the maintenance. Do you understand? And then I said, so then should I buy a fresh new car, zero? Because I've seen another car that is zero. Because if you are, if you are saying that this one will have it, because people, I said that people are saying that just buy a new car. He said, who are those people? Who are those people saying just buy new? Who are, who are, who are those people? What, what, what do you mean just buy new? <laughs> you, you, you see, the, the lying prophets. I was quoting the lying prophets to him. There will be no, because you are the one saying there will be no issues. Okay, what about this new maxima that I'm seeing here? Do you understand? Because I already decided that this is what I want. And I was seeking his confirmation. That is where we sometimes go off. Hallelujah. Amen. But David had someone who could speak into his life. Amen. And we all need that in our lives. Every junction, every situation. When we become husbands, normally husbands don't like people speaking into their lives. They want to rule, but don't want to be ruled. They want every person in the house to follow them. But see, you without authority is very dangerous. You without an authority over your life. You see, that's what the centurion said. I am a man under authority. When you are under authority, people find it comforting to be under your authority. No one should tell me how to spend my money. I'm the man of this house. No one should tell me what to do. You see, but you don't know that you are running your family aground. Do, do, do you get it? The pastor too, isn't he a man? Doesn't he have a wife? Doesn't he also have children? Doesn't he have problems? Who is he to come and tell me what I need to do in my family? This is my domain. This is my territory. No one tells me. And you see, you leave a wife who is bitter and also does not have an outlet because you are saying that she cannot talk to anybody about situations in your house. Meanwhile, too, you are being a bad husband and a bad leader, not leading the family well. No, no, doing the right thing, spending money anyhow, just anyhow. I remember a, a certain couple. The wife works so hard, brings home so much money. Not knowing that this man was building a house for his mother. That the woman didn't know every day, 4,000, 3,000. The woman was asking, what is going on? And then when we try to intervene, then he rather gets angry. I, I can send you, his, send you his text message right here. No one should talk to me. I'm the man of my house. What did you do? Meanwhile, to, I was the one who married them. Wow. I was the one who married them. But he doesn't want any input into his life. Making so many mistakes. Hallelujah. Do you get it? Lizzie, you must have someone who speaks into your life. Amen. Not even mommy. You don't forget about mommy or daddy. I will, I, let me speak into your life. Yeah. Would you give me that privilege? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you want, to, you want to go to college, you want help with what school to go to, seek advice. Seek advice. Doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Get input. Maybe you don't like your mother's input because she's always yelling at you. It's okay. You will come. That's what pastors are there for. Do, do you understand? Yeah, seek advice. Get input. Because, listen, a preacher is not enough. You see, this point makes me see why you cannot be pastored from TBN. Or YouTube or Facebook because that pastor that you admire so much than your local pastor is it local pastors are like local teams they don't are not valued it's what foreign teams are valued <laughs> do you understand but you realize that that pastor that you admire so much on TV preaches so well with PowerPoints and nice displays and things like that lacks one thing he cannot speak into your life that is why 
Yeah. Regardless of who you, you appreciate on TV, you can visit, you can appreciate T.D. Jakes, you can appreciate Benny Hinn. Remember that only one person is close enough to you to speak into your life. May the Lord bless you. Continue next week. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, a louder clap offering. Pray for yourself. Ask the Lord. Say, Father, make me like David. May I be a man after your own heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, 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 Father, give me the heart of David, Lord. The what he died, he did to make you, Lord, a man, a man after your own heart, Lord. May I also become a man after your heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, give me people to speak into my life, Lord. Not to accept rebels in my life, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for directing our lives. We thank you for, Lord, teaching us the ancient parts, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Before we go, I would just want to give us the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Maybe you might be here, you may be saved, but somebody may be listening to this message on the podcast who might not know Jesus Christ. I want to give you the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? To believe that he is the son of God, who was sent to die for your sins and my sins. And that if you repent and turn around your wicked ways, he will give you a new heart and a new spirit to obey him and to walk in a new newness of life. If you believe such a thing, why don't we all just say this prayer with me for the sake of someone who may be listening to this message somewhere. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness, from every wickedness. Blot away my sins, Lord. Do not hold them against me. I repent. Give me a new heart and a new spirit so that I can serve you. I can worship you all the days of my life. Satan, I confess I'm no longer your servant. I'm no longer your child. I am a child of God. I am a born again Christian. My name is written in the book of life. I will not serve you. I will serve Jesus Christ all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.